0: I want a bit of the quiet life. I want a bit of shelf indulgence.
1: If there is reading, give me all of it. Join the show on the Microbrew Radio. Listen to Jim, Wendy and Emily. Join in the conversation. I want to hear it. I want to read it. I want a bit of shelf indulgence. indulgence I want to hear it. it and good
0: evening, everybody. Welcome to Shelf Indulgence, the Microbrew radio community radio station book, book review show. Um, I'm Wendy and joined this evening by Jim. Uh, oh. And we talk all things books. So um, I'm going to ask Jim to start off uh, tonight's show um, by bringing a poem uh, that he has uh, chosen for this week. So, Jim, what are you going to treat us to in Poetry Corner?
1: Well, Poetry Corner this week, I, I've been to a funeral this week and I think the one of the most powerful and wonderful things about poems is they are very much the author's way of having an impact on you, but still it being very personal. Yep. Um. Quite often how you interpret a poem is very, very much down to what your life experience has been. Um, And we often at weddings and funerals get poems, et cetera. Uh, th- there wasn't um, a poem at this funeral I went to this week, but I, I was thinking about the person in, uh, whose funeral it was and the sort of person they were. Um, and anyway, I, enough waffle. And this is the poem that I've arrived at as um, my thoughts on life and death. So it's by one of my favorite poems, Dylan Thomas. And it's, do not go gentle into that good night. Do not go gentle into that good night. Old age should burn, rave at close of day. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Though wise men at their end know dark is right, because their words had fought no lightning, they do not go gentle into that good night. Good men, the last wave by, crying how bright, their frail deeds might have danced in a green bay. Rage, rage against the dying of the light. Wild men who caught and sang that the sun in flight and learn too late, they grieve it on its way. Do not go gentle into that good night. Grave men near death, who see with blinding sight, blind eyes could blaze like meteors and be gay, rage, rage against the dying of the light. And you, my father, there on the sad height, curse, bless me now with your fierce tears, I pray do not go gentle into that good night rage rage against the dying of the light wow
0: well, i mean that's incredibly powerful isn't it
1: yeah and i i just love the idea of you know don't go don't go gently don't fade out don't fizzle yeah. you know go out with a bang and that idea of you know aging as well i think for me it speaks a lot about the attitude towards aging that so, some people as some people almost fade away as they get older. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, I, and I, I do think you know we we've changed a huge amount, haven't we? In just in a generation, in terms of how how we look at age nowadays. You know, I, I remember when my grandma was sixty. Um, she would have been the equivalent of an 80-year-old by today's standards, um, and it, it is that I, I think we're we're all doing a bit of raging against um, against the night, aren't we? In terms of we want more out of life, and we live our lives differently.
1: Maximize it; it's there for living.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, thanks for that, Jim. That was absolutely lovely. Right.
1: Um, my pleasure.
0: Right, so uh, let's get on to the second half of the novel that we've been reading. Yes, this is Snowblind um, by uh, Ragnar Johansson or Jonasen. Jonasen, thank you. Um, And uh, I know that last week we got halfway through it, and it was, um, we both really uh, seemed to enjoy it quite a bit. Um, yeah. And so we were really looking forward to reading the second half this week. So how have you got on with it, Jim?
1: Um, I've I've enjoyed it. I've not quite reached the end. Um, I am aware of, uh, and I've I've kind of cheated a little bit and flipped ahead so that I've, I'm up to speed for the show. Um, one of the things that was bugging me, and I think this is a very me thing, and if I don't know, maybe there are readers out there who are like me in this way. I was getting hassled in my own head by myself about pronunciation.
0: Yes, yeah, I know what you mean.
1: Now, on Audible, it's read by an Icelandic person. So I can now say Ari Thor with confidence. <laughs> I can say Silvidu fairly confidently. Um, and you know, it just for me, having hearing it read not in Icelandic but by someone who knows how to pronounce all the Icelandic words and names, like Hrulf, who is the old guy that ends up being, um, allegedly murdered and then murdered, yeah, it falling downstairs, yeah, and and. Did that, he fall or was he pushed? Did he fall or was he pushed? Dun, 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 dun. Um, and that helped me a big way. Mm. Just even, not even for all of the books, because I read most of it, but listening to some of it, just to get my head around some of these pronunciations and to go, okay, yeah, mm. that's how it's pronounced. And, and that is a very personal thing, maybe. Maybe most people can just glance over it. But for me, I was like, I need to know how that sounds.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: So, if you are like me and you need to know how things sound, I'd recommend the Audible just to enhance your reading experience. Mm, mm. Um, I found the second half. I mean, I, I found it really interesting over the whole book. That really because we, we're very quickly introduced the idea of this woman that's been attacked and killed. Yeah. Uh, at the start of the book. Uh, and then we flit backwards and forwards in time as a device, as we discussed last week, between the the very quick-paced development of discovering all lots of different characters mm. and everything that's going on, and then the very slow minutiae of detail that we're given about her torment, where the contrast works wonderfully. But actually, the first... Death, the first crime, the first murder we encounter, isn't really hers. Mm. Um, because the first dead body we find in the book is Hrothu when he's fallen down the stairs at the theatre, and it's did he fall? Was he pushed? Smell of booze, and therefore, as the plot thickens and and I think what you said last week about there being the red herrings and having the pan to fry them at the end, uh, I think there were lots of threads to pull. There were. And even halfway through, even past halfway through, we were still discovering new threads. We were getting mm. new backstories on characters like uh, Ufner and Palmy and... We're we starting. All oh, right. Well, that 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 bears quite a big significance about that person. Um, but I, I mean, thoroughly enjoyable as it's got everything a classic murder mystery should have in it. In my opinion,
0: no, I'd agree with that. I think. Um, well, I mean, I've I thoroughly enjoyed it right the way through. I thought it was a really well written traditional murder mystery um it's not uh, it, it's not a locked room it's actually a cut off town yeah Eventually, um there is uh, it it's uh, deep in the winter it's a place that gets cut off um but about halfway through the book there's an avalanche um and that cuts the village off completely so everybody's sort of trapped within the uh, within the town um and and of course it's a place where it's small Everybody knows everybody else, um, and so you know you have to live there for probably a generation before you're not considered an outsider. Um, it's very, very well put together, and he creates this sense of a closed community incredibly well. I thought,
1: yeah, and um, I think that na- the nature of the gossip of the town, yeah, played a very crucial role in this in this story.
0: Yeah, it did. It did because you know if you've got um, you've got a police department, small de police department um, that's trying to do this investigation and trying to keep things under wraps, trying to keep the powder dry, and um, and of course everybody knows everybody's secrets, and so um, it, it's you've got all of that going on. I think some of the plot lines and they were a good few to follow. Mm. You know, you, you really had to be on the ball to read this. Um, so there are a good few plot lines to follow, but he does manage to pull all of the, the threads together
1: yeah, it's in definitely a fashion.
0: So. Although I don't think the ending was as predictable and as neatly tied no. up as some that I've read. But actually, it didn't detract from the book for me because I really, really enjoyed it. And and what I thought was really clever the 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 whole concept of the woman who is trapped in a flat with somebody who is trying to rob her, um, and and ultimately um, she ends up dying. That bit is is read. It is written from her perspective. And so you you, as you're going through the book, you think to yourself, well, is it this person? Is it that person? Because it could be a number of different people. Excuse me. And um, so you it could be either, and then you get to the end of the book, and it's none of those no. because there's a real great twist at the end. Um, and I just Massive was twist. really well done. Really well done.
1: Yeah. I I found I mean I probably a bit early to get into the twist just yet. Yeah. But it was an unpredictable twist.
0: It was. Yeah, it was.
1: Without and without that crucial bit of information you couldn't solve. No. The crime.
0: No, you absolutely couldn't.
1: However, I think and maybe what differs between this and an Agatha is that actually the human interest side of this was more there for me
0: so what so what do you mean by that
1: so when I read an Agatha Christie I'm yeah. very much there for the who done it right yeah you know I know the game I know the rules I'm here for the who done it um. Whereas in this, oh, like in, in Agatha Christie's, I don't really care whether that love romance works out or not.
0: Oh right, because it's it's just a fight to complain. Whatever will be, will be.
1: Yeah, and I, I want to know who did it. I'm trying to solve the mystery. Whereas in this, I really wasn't entirely there to solve the mystery. Yes, I wanted to know who done it. But I had a lot more skin in the game into, well, is he going to end up with his girlfriend back in Reykjavik? Or is he going to end up with, oh, no, 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 what's happening here? What's what's her passion? Why is that so secretive? And there's a lot more skin in the game for these people, for me, than in when I, you know, um, the ABC murders. Mm, mm. I I just want to solve it. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not interested in the backstories and lives of these people, mm. and whether do they have a happy ending.
0: Yeah,
1: I, I don't know. My mission here is I'm helping her cure, solve the mystery, mm. and his little grey cells will solve it all. Whereas here, yes, I wanted Ari to do well and to solve the mystery, and to get the approval of his boss, Thomas. But actually there was a lot more invested in the in the development of the characters and the, the way that the emotional heartstrings were tugged upon. So in the relationship of Carl and Linda's relationship.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: You know, without a great amount of um discovery being invested in the writing. I very quickly felt very strongly about Linda and wanting her to be okay. Mm, mm. Because of the way that their relationship had been, the fact that he was, was a bit of a sponger and not that nice a guy and
0: Yeah, yeah. And I I thought um what I liked about the book was that um it was it was difficult to find a character that you really liked because they were all quite flawed in their own way
1: yeah they were all i suppose maybe them.
0: i mean i i think that the all of them had nice elements to them but they were they they were all they were very human in terms human, of the why yeah. they were written, weren't they? Yeah, so, I, want, so we I wanted
1: Harry Thor to do well, but yeah. I also thought he was a brat in the way that he treated his girlfriend. Without
0: a doubt. Without a doubt. And, and so it's that, really. It's the fact that you get flawed people who are going through this process and, you know it's difficult for him because he's he's clearly bright and he's got a, he's got a brain about him and he's trying to solve this crime and he, hes he's doing that for a whole rake of reasons um but but basically he wants to prove himself um and in those it, it, when he's on that trail and he's picking up the clues and he's he's trying to solve uh, the uh, puzzles that he's got in front of him he's very pedantic about the why he does that and his attention to detail is very good and yet if you look at his handling of his relationship with his fiancee he's pants at it yeah so it's that it, it's that bit about the fact that none of us can be good at everything and we've all got our strengths and we've all got our weaknesses and um and for me um it's it will be interesting because i know this is the first i'm not i think he's done two or maybe three um uh, sequels um no,
1: I, I know this was his debut
0: yeah
1: I've not looked at what else he's written yet. so
0: I think that there are, there's definitely a follow up to this as I, as, as things... I was
1: discussing with um Abby one of our uh, uh shelf indulgence brains I was discussing with her earlier today about how um, book collecting and reading are two separate issues. Yeah. <laughs> because my TBR pile's getting bigger and bigger and bigger.
0: Yeah. One's a hobby, the other one's a yeah. passion.
1: It's yeah. Um, but, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I think what you were saying.
0: Yeah, so it, it uh, so for me, it's just that um, those sort of um, nuances in the characters that he writes. Whether they'll continue um, into... And it's really clear that it as the book ends, the epilogue ends, we've got much more to come from Harry Thor and, 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 and the other characters that are still in there as well. And I thought the um the second policeman in it, um, where mm-hmm. you where you find out he's not all he is. Cracked up to be. You just know that there is. There's got to be another book because he's opened cans of worms, yeah. which we've not seen resolved. So I do, do want
1: to just have a moment to brag of called that one.
0: Yeah, yeah, you did, you did. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think it was. Uh, I think it was really interesting to see how he did that, and and I would certainly. I never thought I'd say this about a, a Scandinavian author, um, but I i would certainly pick up another book that he wrote. Yeah,
1: absolutely, the, seeing his name on a book cover would fill me with confidence in the book.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'd definitely have to give it a go. i would definitely,
1: give um, I've you know, there are I've read enough books, I remembered enough authors' names to be able to go. Just by the name of the author, yes or no. Mm, mm. And uh, Ragnar Jöneson is on my yes list. You know, I would <laughs> definitely go, yeah, excuse me, I'd read another of his because he, he was good. Um, there are others, you know, that we've read that I'd go... Yeah,
0: not sure about that. No, I yeah. think you're right. I
1: think you're right. Um, But... Here, we've got a new writer who, as we featured last week, has learned to craft through a lot of work of translating Agatha Christie into Icelandic. He's then taken that craft and put his own twist and spin on it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Because you're not, you're not just reading someone who's writing in the style of Agatha Christie. He's very much got his own style.
0: Oh he definitely has and I, and um, again this it's this for me the thing that stood out about it with this ability to keep multiple strands going even though you can't see initially as you start to read the book you can't see where they're going, but it doesn't stop you wanting to follow them. So you've got the the whole theater um cast and the the question of the um, author. Um, and did he fall or was he pushed? So there's that that whole thing going on, where you really are not sure whether it's a murder or not. Although mm-hmm. um, Arifthor is quite convinced it is, it is uh, highly suspicious, um, but it could as easily be a, an accident. Mm-hmm. And so you've got that going on, and then you've got this woman who's found in the snow, who is half dead. And um, and you've got that theme that runs through. Then you've got the theme of the woman who is caught up in her apartment, who is followed into her apartment by somebody and, and essentially held hostage and robbed. And you're never quite sure whether that's the front end of the story of the woman that they find in the snow. No. So it's just so cleverly woven um, and then you've got the human relationships going on about who's having an affair with who and um, Thor having come away from his fiance and left her in Reykjavik and then finds himself potentially being drawn into a relationship with somebody else. So you've got all the human stuff going on as well. I, I felt quite exhausted when I finished it because actually he keeps a lot of balls up in the air for a long time. Um and he does it very competently.
1: Yeah, and do you know who actually it reminded me of in a way? Do you remember we read um oh Revenge Revenge Limited? Oh yes, sweet, sweet revenge. Sweet, sweet revenge. Yeah. Oh
0: god, yes, I love that book.
1: Um, but there was that element of in sweet sweet revenge. And whether it's because it's another Scandinavian author who's who's similar in some ways, those but just the way that these different, very different threads and plots interwove reminded yeah. of that.
0: Yeah, no, I'd I'd absolutely um I'd absolutely agree with that. I um, that. and I, and I think you know it, it, nowadays, if you're going to go in for a read, um, I like that sort of convoluted um intrigue that sort of draws you in and keeps you guessing I, I don't like things that are too, which is one of the reasons why I'm not a, a mad um, Scandinavian author fan really because for me most of that stuff is far too slow it plods along you know, 17 descriptions of a snowy day, I can do without and, it, and so it just, for me it doesn't do what I want it to it doesn't lead me in, it doesn't keep me hooked at all Um, But actually, this is very different, and it did do that.
1: Um, Should we visit one of our other segments? Yes.
0: So what's Granny been reading,
1: then? What's Granny been reading? Gran's had a slow week because she's getting ready to go to Italy. Um, So she's been doing lots of prep and working in the sewing room to get things done before she goes away. And and, um, what she has read this week is called... The Unseen by Catherine Webb. All
0: right. Uh, England,
1: 1911, when a free-spirited young woman arrives in a sleepy Berkshire village to work as a maid in the household of the Reverend and Mrs Canning, she sets in motion a chain of events which changes all their lives. The cat has a past, a past her new mistress is willing to overlook but will never understand. This is not all Hester Canning has to cope with. When a husband invites a young man into their home, he brings with him a dangerous obsession. During the long, oppressive summer, the rectory becomes charged with ambition, love, and jealousy with the most devastating consequences. Now, to me, I'd never read this. Mm. But Grant thoroughly enjoyed it. And actually, having read the description it gives you, and to me the feel of the book and the look of the cover instantly turned me off. Mm. But then Marie Claire reviewed it and their review description says, occult happenings, romantic passion and murder disrupt the peace of a Berkshire village in 1911. And I go, well, actually, that's murder mystery. It's got a bit of a cult and a bit of the weird and wonderful, the romantic passion I can take or leave. But, you know, actually, there, there are some things in there. And again... And one of the things I wanted to raise from this is that, just that little thing of not judging a book by its cover.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Because we do do that. I know it's cliche, but we do. And also, I think something that we've mentioned on the show before, and we've definitely both decided is one of the big benefits of being part of Shelf indulgence is it really just pushes outside of our comfort zones of reading.
0: Yes. Yeah, definitely.
1: And therefore, we do pick up things that we would never have read in the past. Um, it, it case in point, an Icelandic noir for yourself.
0: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. You know,
1: um, giving you a challenge and it's showing you something that you and just to, you know, sometimes pick a book up and read it, and but and don't feel you've got to finish it.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Pick a book up and read it but don't feel you've got to finish it because don't judge a book by its cover Um, judge a book by how well it reads. On the other hand, do judge a book by the name of the author.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, I, and I, I mean, we all have our favorites, don't we? Um, you know, um, the, you, we've all got our favorite authors and whatever happens, we're going to read those and whatever. Um, but I think you're right. I think sometimes um some of the some of the best gifts I've had have been books that I wouldn't have picked up and bought myself.
1: Yeah. Well, the Ben Aronovich series.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Love those. You would never have picked those up.
0: No, no, absolutely not. Absolutely not.
1: Um, equally for me, sweet, sweet bean paste. If I mm. had I recommended it, I would not I would never have picked that up. Yeah. I love that book. And it's one that actually I could I'd quite happily go back and read again, I think. Mm, mm. There aren't many books I can say that about. No. Um, because, you know, reading, there's there's so much to read. I've got that many books on my shelves I haven't read. The, the thought of investing time in going back to read something I've already read, it has mm. to be something special to be able to do that.
0: Yeah, I know exactly what you mean.
1: Now, the other thing she started reading this week, and... Uh, This just, uh, you know, again, judging a book by its author, she's gone back to some more Ellie Griffiths. All right. Because we discovered that Ellie's got a new book out.
0: The Last Remains.
1: Yeah. But there's a gap of about half a dozen books in between where Granny had read up to and The Last Remains. So we've had to acquire those. So she's reading through the rest of those now. And then The Last Remains will go on pre-order. No, it's already on pre-order for when it comes out in paperback. Because mm-hmm. we're waiting for the paperback. We are going to wait for the paperback. Um, but, yeah, Sally Griffiths, again, fantastic author. Um, so that's what Granny has read this week.
0: Excellent, excellent. Um, I'll, I'll, uh, I don't know what we're going to do when she goes away to... Um,
1: oh, she still, her. Her. Or she'll unless, she'll she'll still be reading. Unless...
0: Is she going to be... Is she going to be FaceTiming you to tell you what she's been reading?
1: Uh, well, no, she's, she's only away for a long weekend. Oh, right, OK. So when we record the next show, she'll have been to she'll have. Oh,
0: yeah. Well, she'll have, she'll have had a chance to have get at least another couple in yeah. by
1: then. Oh, she's already asked me to fill her Kindle up before she goes. <laughs> she likes to take Kindle away with her.
0: Fair enough, fair enough. Right, okay, so um, back to our um, yes, back to our story. Then, shall we do um a few spoilers before we yeah. talk about what's um attracted our eye? So, folks, if you've not read um, if you've not read this and you want to read it, uh, please bear in mind that we're about to do a few spoilers, um, and so uh, you might want to uh, turn the volume down for this section. Um, so yeah, um. What what was the thing that surprised you about the ending of this story then, Jim?
1: Well, I never thought there'd be a plagiarism case.
0: Right. No, no, mate. Never saw that coming at all.
1: Um, I just really did not see that becoming part of it. You know, the fact that there's this massive um, amount of, Pent up generational anger and rage over the fact that this book's been stolen. Um, although you know, and again, if you if you were with hindsight, maybe the bit the, the, the breadcrumbs were there,
0: yeah, yeah. And and for me, what I loved about this book is the writer is a master of sleight of hand. So we have what you think is a murder that turns out to be a suicide. Yeah. And then we have a what we think is a murder. Or no, what we think is an accident turns out to be a murder. And then we have what we think is about um, a relationship going wrong turns out to be the true villain of the piece mm. well i sort of had i sort of had in mind he was the villain of the piece but i didn't realize he was going to be quite as bad as he turned out to be so those surprises
1: yeah cuz you you fingered him last week really didn't you i did
0: yeah i did i knew yeah. he was going to be at the root of it but but not i didn't understand to the extent that he was involved and, and how his back history would play. Yeah. Um, and, of course, again, the breadcrumbs are there. If you, if you read, the yeah, breadcrumbs yeah. Are there, absolutely. Um, but you just don't see it coming. And and there is a bit of me. When you've got somebody that is that vile and his, his, his character turns out to be truly awful, when you've got somebody that's that vile and he manages to walk away after a fashion, um, you just think to yourself, oh, I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that. You know, I like a bit of justice <laughs> in the book. Story. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, and it, but it's what made me think, for me, the epilogue didn't quite deliver the ending that I was looking for, but I could just about live with it.
1: Yeah, I think, for me, it, it was a satisfactory ending. hmm I wasn't, I wasn't left getting, oh, that, hmm. So there have, been, there have been books I've read when I've gone, well, that's not how I would have ended it. Mm. And been a bit bitter about the fact that they've ended it wrongly. Whereas here I find myself going, well, that's not how I would have ended it, but oof. So yeah. You know, not Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: So it is that, it is that degree of, um, it was unpredictable. It isn't what I expected, However, I'm not upset or offended by the way it was wrapped up.
0: No, no, I, I get what you mean, and as a guy, it,
1: like,
0: it does make you think. Uh, you know, I'm I'm quite looking forward to the next one in the series. Yeah, because I will pick it up and I'll I'll read a bit more
1: and seeing as well those breadcrumbs of how things have developed and how things, you know. The fact that there are bits where a couple of characters comment on how um only ever had that one book hit and had mm. been rusting on his laurels for many years. And actually, when you find out the twists at the end, you're like, oh, well, that explains it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. That explains
1: it. Um, that's, what, that's why he never did anything else. Um, I think... Yeah, I, I I I think as I caught up with where you were last week, I started and possibly because of what you'd said, I'd started to smell a rat around Carl. Mm, mm. Um but yeah, there are lots of I like I like the many threads that just and you are like, oh well it's nothing nothing was how I expected it to be.
0: No. I mean, I, I, I think it's a great read. I think it's one of those that keeps you guessing right the way through. Um, and and there's lots of unexpected twists in it that you just think to yourself, well, I didn't see that coming, but I absolutely get why, it's, why it is what it is. Yeah. So I think, yeah, it, definitely it is well worth a read. And I, I also thought the way you wrote it, I think there are passages of it that is. I think he's quite poetic in terms of the way that he writes, particularly about the um, about the isolation and how that makes um, somebody who's not born and bred there feel uh, uh, yeah. about that. And I thought he did that very cleverly. Claustrophobia
1: is really well written.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if we we're going to do this, and if we were going to score it, Jim, what would you score it out of five tankards?
1: I think for me. Three and a half. Yeah,
0: yeah. I'd I'd go three and a half as well, Jim. I think it's a really great read. Um, didn't quite end the way that I would want to. Um, but I would certainly it it's it's a high enough tanked writing for me to go out and buy the second one in the series. Yeah,
1: it's it's not one I'd definitely recommend it to others. Yeah, I definitely uh, enjoyed it, and I would read another from the author, wouldn't go back and read it again. No. No need to read it again. But it's been enjoyable and worthwhile.
0: Mm. Yes, I'd agree with that. I'd agree with that. So, uh, folks, if you're looking for a, a, a book that is full of twists and turns, that keeps you guessing right the way through, that has got some fantastic... Turners um, towards the end Of the book Um, Then give it a go because um, It really does hold your interest It's something that's a bit different But it is a fun read So give it a go Okay Jim so to finish off Tonight is there anything That's caught your eye
1: Well yes a few things Um, Now this is an author I've not heard of before Tom Hindle
0: Oh no, I've heard of Tom Hindle.
1: Um, but the the I saw um, the the book cover caught my eye. Yes, yeah, it's got that lovely nineteen twenties um, Art Deco kind of. It
0: script. does.
1: It's called the Murder Games. I mean, it's something like, well, it's a, it's a classic. Who'd done it.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. That that's caught my eye. Laura Purcell, who we've read before on the show. Yep. Yeah. Um, has a new book um, out called The Whispering Muse. All right. Um, Colleen Hoover, who um, we're going to be reading next week. Yeah. Uh, she, her name again has hopped up into uh, Grab My Eye with another book called Heartbones. Right. Um, which. Well, I, 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 I think I'm. I'm intrigued to see where the next couple of weeks take us, when because I'm not convinced Colleen Hoover's going to be my cup of tea.
0: No, well, I'm not sure. It, well, I'm not sure it will be either. But um, but you know, we'll give it a go. So, things that have um, caught my eye, then, uh, uh, an author that we have talked about and that I've read quite a bit of, Alexander McCall Smith. Oh. He's Got a book out uh, the day after tomorrow. Um, which um, which I've pre-ordered, called The Private Life of Spies. Now, why would I be interested in that? C- um, I can't
1: think. Can't think.
0: <laughs> and so this is, um, during World War II, there was a rumour that German spies were landed by parachute in Britain dressed as nuns. Now, if ever you've read any Alexander Smith, that's all you have to read to know that this book will make you smile. Yeah. So that's why I ordered that. So um, that's a great one. I'm really, really looking forward to that. Um when it is delivered. Um and then there was just one other um that uh that caught my eye. Um and it's uh, uh an author that I've not come across at all before. Um it's uh called she's called Patricia Wolfe. Um and her book is called Outback.
1: That rings a bell.
0: Um, And it's the start of a series. Now, there's a novel. I don't normally, when I'm looking for new books, I don't normally just happen across the number one of a series. I normally pick the one that's in the middle. Um, But this is... uh, And the reason that it caught my eye um, was the cover. So this is obviously set in Australia. Um, And it, it looks really really good it's about two missing backpackers um who are lost somewhere in the Australian Outback um and about the um ab- about the hunt for them and as I say it's the first in the series so um that one attracted me so those are going to be two that I am going to be reading
1: yeah I'm ju- I'm just um the reason the name Rangabelli. is she's a journalist and she's often been featured in The Independent, which is where
0: I... Oh, heard the name right. Of. I'd not come across her before, as I say. Well, cover Outback,
1: Outback He said debut from last year. Mm-hmm. And then Paradise, which is the sequel, comes out this year.
0: Yes, yes.
1: Or or is out this year.
0: Yeah. yeah. So I thought, oh, yeah, I'll give that one a go.
1: Now, the, there was one other thing that caught my eye this week, and it, but it's non-fiction. And th- this has come out of our conversation about how books and TV and marketing and celebrities. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. So um, Pamela Anderson has recently done a documentary series. Yeah. A documentary film about, you know, the whole sex tape scandal and how it affected her life. And her... she's she's reclaiming that story. Let, let's, have, let's have my version of events. Yeah, yeah. And so this documentary has come out, but she's also released a, a biography to go with it. Right. So there's Pamela. It's just called Pamela. Um, it's No, sorry. It's called Love, Pamela. Um, so it's Pamela Anderson in her own words. And, I mean, I suppose when you think of Pamela Anderson, you might not think of, uh, you know, a great author. But she's a for anyone that grew up or was alive in the nineties.
0: Yeah. You you couldn't help but know her. No, no. She was a massive part, wasn't she?
1: And I just think actually, when we look back at how times have changed and how culture has changed and how things that were once acceptable are no longer acceptable.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, I just wonder how we we go back and we, you know, for someone like Pamela to go back and retell that story from her side of events and how it affected her, because yeah, to many people she would have been a piece of meat.
0: Yeah, it's going to be interesting, isn't it? Because it's that it's almost the chicken and egg: was she the prota- protagonist or was she the victim? And it's it's difficult. It's it's like you know when you read stuff about Katie Price. You feel very, very similar about that, you know. At, at, at one argument could be that they created a lot of yeah. the issues that we're dealing with today. Um, but but did they create them, or, or were they victims of a system that that took advantage of them? So it's going to be interesting to hear what you think about that when you've read it, Jim. Be good.
1: Well, it's whether I get round to reading it. It's one that I would definitely add to my list, but the ever-growing list is ever-growing.
0: <laughs> right. So we hope you've enjoyed the show this evening, folks. Um, we, we're both recommending go out and have a look at Snowblind if you want a good read. Yeah. Um, And of course, it's been the weather for it because we've been having temperatures of minus two, minus three here. So it's been quite chilly. So to curl up with a good book and a warm drink on the sofa has been great. Um, So we hope uh, you enjoy that. And we look forward to seeing you all next week when we'll be reading the new, uh, no, the original Colleen Hoover.
1: It starts with us
0: it starts with us so um, until then we hope you have uh, some good finds we hope you have some good reading um, and we'll see you next week thanks a lot for listening folks
1: happy reading This show is part of MicroBrew Radio, Burton-on-Trent's community radio station. You can hear this and plenty of other shows over on microbrewradio.com. Find our app on the iOS or Android stores, or just say Alexa, play MicroBrew Radio. And if you like what you hear, please let us know on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Thanks.